Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The first four hours were simply in a moose bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Good. Your table is ready for Carmen in Lima's emerging podcast scene. Way we go. Brought to you by Extend Technologies. X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. You're looking to transform that home. Really, you're looking to transform that lifestyle. It's time to get with the fine folks at Extend Technologies. And it starts online first. X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. You check out and see what they have for you. Where Maybe you're looking brought to life. It's your lifestyle. Brought into the 21st century with Extend Technologies and still looking for good AV installers. You're looking to change your lifestyle when it comes to your career. Online first, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Schedule an interview with Tony. Go to the interview. Hearing so many people not going to the interview. Go to the interview. Sit down with Tony. It's good stuff. Going to like it. Change your lifestyle, both in your home and in your career. X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Dot com, the wonderful folks with Extend Technologies. We have goodies today. We have Phil Steele's magazine. You like looking through yours? I've already dissected a lot of the Big Ten. I've gone through, but yeah, it's a obviously you terrific resource. The Big Ten. Well, yeah, and I wanted to know, and I, I, I'm surprised. You know, I put the tweet out. I should have been more controversial in my tweet because the tweet that I put out was Phil Steele just told us on 92.3 The Fan that. The uh, the Buckeyes have the top wide receiving core in the country, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Well, duh." Anybody with eyes could see that. What I should have tweeted out was Phil Steele says the Buckeyes have the sixth best quarterbacking situation in the yep. Big Ten. Yeah, that would have been better. Uh, would that would have been would that have made people upset? Yes. Is that what you were aiming for? Well, it just would have gotten more. Would have gotten more reaction. Then, t- then say it. Then say Phil Steele told us today that the the Buckeyes have the sixth best quarterback situation in the Big Ten. Now, however, Out the of- same token, he also had C.J. Stroud as a Heisman hopeful. So, I basically what he's saying is it's a big unknown going into the season. But eventually, because Ohio State's so loaded, because Ryan Day is considered at least early on very good football coach, and the system is so good ah. that whoever's the quarterback is going to put up big numbers. They're going to win a lot of games. Who's, who, how many teams are in the Big Ten? 14? Yes, 14. I, I wish I would ask I had to think more. about it. I kind of wanted to ask him more Big Ten teams and more Big Ten situations. Have them on again. Um, when it comes to the Big Ten, <laughs> have them on again. 
I want to know, there's a couple of things I still I'm, I'm going to be looking out for. One is, yes, of course, the Ohio State quarterback situation. I think that's an easy one. That's one um, of the biggest – I think that's one of the biggest storylines in college football he, of any of the great teams going he into the picks, season. He picks Michigan to finish fourth in the East. Yeah. Which is – I mean, he has going down Ohio State first in the East, Penn State, Indiana, then Michigan. All right? Rutgers, Maryland, Michigan State, mm-hmm. seventh in the Big East. Or, excuse me, in the East of the Big Ten. Michigan at four. Like, I know their quarterback situation has to get figured out, too, but Michigan at four. And it's like, man, like, if you're Michigan at four, was it him who said their ceiling's like nine and three again? Yes. Is nine and three, like, is there ever a situation that fires Harbaugh? Because that conversation, every time they lose a game, that's the that's Yeah, it might not be. It might be semantics. It might not be a firing. It might be yeah. a both sides come to terms on something. But, yeah, we know he that we know what that means. That means that, you know, they want to go in another direction. And they they are at least, you know, starting to think about all of that. I think they have. I think they have thought about life after Harbaugh, and they don't like what they think about. I think uh, they immediately think about life with, like, Brady Hoke, yeah. When they think about life, Rich or, Rod, or Rich Rod yeah. with, without Jim Harbaugh. So, you know, I, it's weird. We had this conversation about Frank Solich on the air about, hey, you better be careful about what the, this, the decisions you make. And maybe I need to follow a little bit of this advice here. You better be careful of the decision you make because it has long term ramifications. They 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 got rid of Frank Solich in Nebraska. They were a mess. And they've really still been a mess the entire way. I mean, Mike Riley, I know that Bo Pelini had some success. They probably should have held on to Bo Pelini, but then, you know, the bottom fell out there. He also um, made that kind of hard. He, he, well, didn't he think he was not being recorded when he said what he said? Sure, but, he, I mean, he's his own worst enemy, too. Yeah, that's true. Um, I agree with you there. But seeing these results, like 10-3, and 10-3, and 9-4, and four, last year was 2-4, and four, last year was terrible. Okay, fine. But nine and three, or nine and four, ten and three, ten and three, the eight and five in there. Like, yeah, these are not the best results ever, but this is better than where you were. This is better than when he took over. And is Michigan that type of school now? I, I can't believe I would be saying that though about Michigan. I mean, good God, Jordan has ten different types of shoes that you can wear if you go to Michigan. It's not like Nebraska. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I. Yes, it does feel like they should be of a, of a higher standing. Well, yes, it does feel I, that and way. I, I'm telling you, Buckeye fans might not want to hear this. Or though maybe they will. Maybe they want it to be a rivalry again where, where both teams are competitive. I know you never want to lose to them. Uh, although we've been competitive. We've had tough games with Michigan, even with Urban Meyer. We've had tough games over the last you know decade mm. or so. Even though we've dominated, it's been very one-sided. And we were deprived that opportunity to... Ring up, rack up another win. 30-27 in double OT back in 2016. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I thought you were going to just drop the F word right there. Tyvis Powell, did he pick off the ball? I believe so. On the end zone. I mean, they easily could have lost that game. So, uh, I wonder, I wonder if this is what happens with name, image, and likeness. Is a school like Michigan needs it. It's not going to do anything. Ohio State will be just fine either way. But Michigan... I think it could help them. I think it could help them big time. I think it could help USC. I think it will help USC. Mm-hmm. Miami, I don't know. We'll see. I know there's some early deals that were struck. I am curious about that. Another question I have, and it actually does go back to Nebraska. Nebraska, Scott Frost, mm-hmm. fourth. Another fourth. Fourth in the West. And it says here, this is according to Phil Steele, 
He enters, he enters year number four, number four at Nebraska. 12 and 20 Fourth record overall. Year already? 12 and 20 record overall, 9 and 17 in Big Ten play. If Not at UCF anymore. If quarterback Adrian Martinez returns to his 2018 form, form, then the offense with seven starters back will be improved. The defense has 10 starters back and has to improve after allowing 29.5 points per game in his first three years. The Huskers do pull Ohio State out of the East and Oklahoma in the non conference, but you remember they tried to get out of that. Yeah, they did. To try to schedule someone else to make sure that they were bowl eligible for this. But this should be his best team in his four years. Eight of my nine sets of power ratings call for them to be bowl eligible this year. Bolt, if you're Nebraska, bowl eligible is good enough. It's sad. It's sad for Nebraska. You got to give this guy a long time. This you got. You kind of got to go old school with with Scott Frost. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, they were completely, completely changing things. Um, the way that that program was just amazing when we were young. You want to get nostalgic. I mean, yeah. Nebraska was as big as it gets. And I remember asking, why is Nebraska so much better than Ohio State? Why can't Ohio State be good? And I didn't know anything about geography or where mm-hmm. the good players were back then. I just knew that Ohio State seemed like a big deal. We were behind Michigan. We were. Yeah. I mean, my God, no, Michi- right. Michigan was like the coolest school yeah. in the country. Everybody wanted to wear their gear. Everybody wanted to wear their colors. Uh Nebraska to have fallen this far, it does seem like the Big Ten, while economically has certainly helped them, it seems like it's been a big mistake from a competitive standpoint. Just has. It's and that's surprising because it's a football school, clearly. Or, football school, clearly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a football school, clearly. Um, Rutgers is a non-fit. Maryland really is a non-fit, but you have basketball there, and it's still an, a, a pretty large market with DC around that mm-hmm. area and stuff like that. Nebraska, just to me, is classic football, get after it, that type of thing, and it just hasn't been that way. And in Scott Frost's years, I mean, you had 9-4 and four with Bo Pelini. Mm-hmm. Then you had 4-8 and eight with Bo Pelini, that's it. 4-8, and 5-7, and 3-5. and five. Like it's pretty incredible. It's you got year four here. I, I, mean, I don't know if you care. I don't know. I like going over this stuff. I do. But it's yeah, like, I love it. You got Fordham. If you look at where they're at, Illinois at Illinois, probably a win. Fordham, Buffalo, loss against loss against Oklahoma at Michigan State. Who the hell knows how they react? Northwestern can be a tough out. Michigan, I think they're going to definitely lose that game. At Minnesota, who knows what PJ Flex is going to have at Minnesota? You're home against Purdue and Ohio State. Then you're at Wisconsin. I mean, they could very well lose their last three in a row, but they have a bye week in there. They could lose for a month straight. Like, I think they'd be able to take care of Purdue. I think maybe Jeff Brown made the wrong decision at staying. Yeah. But that – it, it kind of looks bad. Like, you could start off 3-0, and but then lose your last three, but, again, lose a month of football to end the football season. Mm-hmm. How about Michigan State? I mean, we understand there's been a change, uh, but to sit there at seventh when Michigan State yeah. – Michigan State gave Trestle some fits, gave Urban Meyer some fits. I'll never forget uh, that game in Indy that they lost to Michigan State, and it was just a stunner at the Big Ten Championship. I thought they were just going to go there, and I knew Michigan State was good. I knew their defense was good, and there's yeah. always going to be that fourth down and two play call uh, that's going to haunt Urban Meyer. I think he's still eating that pizza on the golf cart. Why did it end so badly with D'Antonio at Michigan State? I, I think part of it was that as as much as we mock Michigan – once Michigan kind of got their act together, just in terms of stabilizing the program, yeah. 
that made life so much harder than Michigan State. Michigan State, they were just feasting on the Brady Hoke, Rich Rod era. That was huge for Michigan State. But they've still been competitive with yeah. Michigan. Yeah. At least the head-to-head matchups. Like, they've lost a few, and they, they did win last year, but that's like a toss-up year. Who the hell knows? Mm-hmm. But I think this is where it's, it's going to get really tough for Mel Tucker. I mean, he's taken over a mess with the scandals and everything, and D'Antonio got the hell out of there. And, I, and listen, I know he's Dustin's guy and things like that, and I, 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 I was just let down with how things ended there. Mm-hmm. And I know Michigan State, you talk to certain people, and Michigan State has always been kind of the place where – yeah, you know, Ohio State can take a risk on certain kids, but they can't take a risk on you. Michigan State can take a risk on you, though, and maybe you go play at Michigan State. Sure. Like, that's the type of yeah. – like, like, let's be honest, Le'Veon Bell, who mm-hmm. there's conversations had, and we've talked to people who said, yeah, they're willing to take risks on certain guys, but there's only certain guys, a certain amount of guys so that many they can guys. take a risk on, and sure. he was on the outside looking in, and so he ended up at Michigan State. Like, there's guys like that who are on the fringe – so it can be tough, and this this even goes back with Bobby Williams and like the, a guy I used to work with. When Bobby Williams, they went to a practice, and Bobby Williams is like, "Guys, please stop smoking weed!" Like begging them to stop smoking weed. Like, guys, please, you gotta stop smoking weed. And I think where Michigan State is is you have to have a guy who can roll with problem children in a way. Mm-hmm. Because you're expected to play big, and it's not. It's a basketball school. It's not a football school. But you're still exp- expected to play big and compete with Michigan and or still with Michigan, but really in the mid-pack of, of, of the Big Ten. And I don't know. There's something about Michigan State I always kind of liked, but this is just – this is very tough for Mel Tucker. Very tough for him. It, by the way, another Dustin Fox guy. He goes from D'Antonio to – oh, I thought you were talking about D'Antonio. Oh, no, I mentioned him. Being a, oh, being you know a, what? You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm but, sorry. But I'm here sorry. we go. Uh, I got an interesting question for you. Maybe we could do this on the air. Um, maybe gauge some of the feedback that we get. Does it matter? Does does the the fact that the Browns are expected to be so good does that take a bite out of the lead up to Ohio State? Because when this station a bit, launched, a little bit. When this station launched, a little bit. The Browns, even though we became the home of the Browns, what in year three of this station or year two of this station? Yeah. So, obviously, we were promoting, hey, we're the home of the Browns, and we're going to promote that more when we're the home of the Browns. But Ohio State was a huge deal because you knew Ohio State was going to be good. This was the end of the Jim Trestle era, then into Urban Meyer since the station has been on. And there's always been a lot of anticipation for an Ohio State season and a chance at a national championship. 2014, when the Buckeyes won the championship, that was a big deal. We did a lot about Ohio State on the station that year. Since then, yeah, has been quieter. I think it's old hat. It I has think the regular been. season, is and just we're not old in Columbus. Hat. Yeah, but there are a lot of Ohio State alum and a lot of diehard Ohio State fans well, in this region. I've always, it's my experience, and I think my experience is probably yours, is that it heats up if you lose a game, and then it, then you start doing the math and the machinations about how you get into the playoff. So if you lose a game, that's it. But I think people take it for granted that you're you know, Ohio win. State just doesn't lose in the Big Ten. Just doesn't lose. Well, if they lose in the they conference, get, if they lose, they just get hammered by a team they shouldn't be hammered. Iowa by. and Purdue. <laughs> Iowa yeah. and Purdue. Um, the Maryland game a scare once, but the, down if, in if, South Beach watching that game. If they lose, they just get hammered by a team they shouldn't be hammered by, yeah. and the, that's the worst part about how they lose those games. Like if you lose a nail biter to a really good Wisconsin team or a really good Penn State team, Michigan's probably too late in the season. 
But if you lose to one of those teams and it's really, really close, I think that helps you. When you had that year when people were like, oh, they should have been in 2015. Well, man, you're getting, you're getting your ass handed to you by Iowa. I can't help you. I can't help you in that, in that sense. Yeah, Ohio State's 22-1 and one in the Big Ten the last three years. <laughs> Does that take a bite out of getting excited for any of these games? I think it hurts. It, it's not Ohio State's fault. It's not the Buckeyes' fault. But it, it makes the Big Ten look very ACC with Clemson. Well, I remember when Urban Meyer came in, he was so, he was so uh, honest, so candid on his thoughts in the Big Ten. He basically came in in his first press conference, and I was thinking, oh, my God, these other coaches already are going to be miserable. They're going to hate him because, obviously, he's going to already win recruiting battles every single time, just a phone call. Yep. And, by the way, that's happening with Ryan Day now, too. Uh, he came in and said, this conference is too slow. Uh, needs to be coached up better. I mean, he was vilifying the rest of the conference. And I look all these years later, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. These teams cannot beat Ohio State. This is the year, Kenny. This is where it gets interesting. This is the year where some teams are going to feel like we've got Man. a chance to beat Ohio State because we have a green quarterback coming in who just hasn't seen anything. And I think the C.J. Stroud kid is going to go right to Alave and yeah. right to his weapons, and that's it. Like, it's going to be Alave. He's going to put up over 100 yards a game, and it's going to be it's going to be on from the get-go. Yeah, Garrett I, Wilson. I have no, like, it, you could sit there, and I, I know we make jokes about, oh, Ken doesn't like Ohio State. No, I'm fine with Ohio State. I'm not, I'm not a big Ohio State fan. So just their dominance is starting to bore you? Is that what it no, is? No, 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 no. I, I have an immense amount of respect for how good they are at football. And that's why I say, like, listen, it's Minnesota. It, I think Oregon might be a bit of a scare for him because, no, it's, I mean, it's at home. So you're at Minnesota to start off the year. Maybe Fleck has something different. Maybe it's your first game jitters. Maybe it's like maybe it's that way. It's a Thursday night game. Um, boy, we got to find a place to watch that together. Yeah, if we're doing this. Oh game. yeah. Um, Oregon, Tulsa, Akron. I mean, come on. They're gonna be fine. They're gonna be fine. And by the time you get to you know Minnesota, they'll be a professional. They'll be a professional program that will play. At least give you a good first half. We'll see how the second half goes. But Oregon, I'm not sure how great Oregon's going to come out in this season. But everybody else, none of this. Do you have anything with Penn State? You got any? At, that's at home, October 30th. It's probably going to be a night game. Mm-hmm. Do you have oh, any, of course it is. Do you have any Every concern? Penn State's a night game. Yeah. Just chalk it up forever. Do you, have, do you have any concern about Penn State whatsoever? Yeah. And then you do? Okay, so you got Penn State at home. That's one. At Nebraska, maybe it's just because it's a road game, but I, I don't put any stock into that. And then, of course, Michigan. That's it. So you have Oregon, Penn State, Michigan. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. You don't have Wisconsin on this schedule who can just you know, try to grind you out that way. So you could say – I think that's the way a lot of Ohio State fans think is that people can make up, well, you know, you're going to have C.J. Stroud or, you know, maybe you're going to have Kyle McCord or, or one of these other guys. And it's like, you know what, by by week three, you got to get past those first couple of weeks. Young man will have it figured out and away you guys go. And it's never, oh, we could lose – we could lose two games this regular season. No, you'll you'll be eleven and one. You you might you might have a hiccup here. You'll be eleven and one, twelve and zero, somewhere in there, and you'll be fine. That's the way it's going to work. I really do. I but, think that and that might be boring to some people, but I say enjoy the hell out of it if you're an Ohio State fan. Uh, something we want to do tomorrow: I'll give you some time, homework assignment to think about. Mm. Best uniforms in college football. We're going to do that tomorrow on the show. I mean, do you want to? Yeah, I, I'm curious. Giving because I have some off the top of my head. Iowa State black and whites. 
I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say Washington's home uniforms, the Huskies. I love them. You got a thing about Washington? Yeah, I love there. their uniforms. Love their stadium. Is that your favorite team in the Pac-12? Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Who's my favorite team in the Pac-12? I don't know. Oregon. State. Did you ever like Washington State? I, I they had kinda, Ryan Leaf. I dig the whole Pullman thing, man. They had David Kesser. Yes. Uh, when they had Mike Leach, that was kind of fun. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it's true. Such a small state. When I was a kid, and they was it was it Dennis Erickson with them with Ryan Leaf. Was that was that the same time? Was it Erickson wow. was there, man? I don't know if it was there with Ryan Leaf, but boy, Dennis Erickson's actually a really good coach. I thought that they were like a, a powerhouse. God, I didn't know any better as a kid. I didn't realize like no, you're playing in front of thirty thousand people. Like that's a small stadium. Akron has a stadium that size. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And you're playing in Pullman, Washington, which is, from what I'm told, I've never been out there. The middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. I guess it's it's not like Seattle. It's not like Washington where there's all this culture and all these things. Like, nope, there's farms, and it gets really cold. You better bring a jacket. It, they say it's so much yeah. colder than what it is in Seattle because of the wind. I was, I was just thinking, by the way, you said when you were young, the one school that just – they're never coming back to the level of prominence even remotely. One school, we don't talk about whether or not they're going to be back or not because maybe we realize when I was young, the Colorado Buffaloes were so much fun and were, were ju- and everyone remembers. They had Coach Mack. Yeah. They had Coach Mack, who yeah. was, I mean, basically Joel Osteen. They had Coach Mack. He was great. And well, then they had, you had Cordell Stewart. You had a national championship Salam. run. You had Sean Salam. Just, you know, everybody remembers the play against wow. Michigan. But – that school, that school, that was a big deal. That was a big deal, and now it's just. Is college football ever going to get back to that? Or maybe NIL maybe helps it because, like, okay. Regional, you mean? You said Colorado was a big-ass deal. Yeah. Then Colorado fell on very hard times. They kind of got out of it, and then it went back to hell. Mel Tucker fixed it for a second, and then he got the hell out he of it. He left. There. Yep. Um, Washington State, we mentioned them, and they had a little bit of a nice run there with Leach. All right? Mm-hmm. UCLA was very good at one point. Yeah. I know their coach just passed. The, the coach that they had a lot ago with Terry Don, who Terry just Donnie. passed. Um, Nebraska, we talked about. But everybody remembers Nebraska. I think Nebraska is in a separate category. But, like, there were really good. Te- Boston College, I think, was really BC, good for them. Yeah. Like, there were teams that had some really nice runs. And now it's been kind of like, eh, you bumpy here and there. I don't know. Maybe I just think the fact that it's been three teams and then add another SEC team every year, add two SEC teams every year. I think that has hurt the sport dramatically. So yeah. that's why they're expanding the playoff and, and more money. Tennessee is expanding the playoffs. Tennessee was always one, and you know Texas. Texas is going to get real interesting here, don't you yeah. think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think there's been a lot of fatigue with college football that three schools have just. You could set your watch to it every year. Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. Well, I remember Washington won a national championship, what, when I was like five years old, mm-hmm. and then they had a couple like Ofer seasons. Like they were really bad for a while there. Yeah. And then Sark got them going again to, to a, a respectable, like, all right, we're above 500, we're going to bowl games. And then Peterson was there and got what did he got him to a playoff, mm-hmm. did he not? And then he just recently walked away I'll from it. I'll tell you, uh, BYU was a big deal when I was young. Yeah. There, there's always a team that you respect. Did I ever tell you? Uh, I probably can't tell you this. Is that Lavelle Edwards? Is that yeah. The... I, but I, my mom was like, this is such a nice school. And then she didn't realize some of the other things. 
Yeah. Some mom of the other things. Mom didn't know. Mom doesn't know about that stuff, which is cool. Which is cool, but you know, it's it's different from the way Mama Mama would feel. Uh, by the way, what's never different from the way Mama would feel? Extend Technologies. Boy, you want to talk about a segue? I got one for you. X T E N D A V dot com. That's X T E N D A V dot com. It is time to make your home dreams come true with Extend Technologies. Online first. Again, X T E N D A V dot com. When you're walking around your home, and maybe your home is a century home, maybe you're just buying a century home, and you want to keep the integrity of that home, you go to Extend Technologies. They make sure that everything is great for you. Or maybe you have a brand new build. There's been so many places. I know the housing market was nuts, and there's been so many people going, you know, we decided to build. We decided to get into an allotment and build. Get Extend Technologies in there. And you'd say, well, this is kind of the ground plan. No, 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 no. Let them take a gander for you. How they can change your security, how they can change automation, how they can change everything in your home to fit your lifestyle the way you want it done. Extend Technologies. Online first. X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. We have Michael Stanley cards here. Yeah, Andy Roth, our program director, came and said, do you guys want your goodies? And we're like, what? And he said, I knew about this over the weekend. Oh, I had no idea. I had no idea. And the first thing I he, noticed. He knows you won't text him back. He knows I will always text him back. That's the difference between you and me. That's why I'm <laughs> above. The, the fir- first thing I notice is. No reaction. Nothing. The upper deck 1990 collection. Because yep. this is when 89, 90, 91. I had a three-year run of getting every single Beckett. Mm-hmm. We had a place in Chesterland right up the road uh, that I would ride my bike to and get each Beckett that would come out every month. And I had a deal with the guy. The guy was giving me freebies. So, or he was giving me the one that was a month old. And what was funny was you would check Beckett to look at the prices of the cards. And I guess I just wonder, what was driving the card markets? Who was establishing the prices for these cards and the values? As far as? Well, it's just there was no internet. And it's not like this was publicly traded on Wall Street that you could at least follow the financial business sector in your newspaper every day. I don't know. Who was coming up? Was that all a lie? Were they all just saying this error card, this Dale Murphy error card, or the Santa Claus uh, pro set card, or whatever? Cal Ripken's brother. What was it? Billy Ripken with the you-know-what card. Yeah, and then he didn't want to talk about it on the show. Yeah, weird. Was was it just completely made up? Was the whole thing completely made up? The car, the inflated car. There is the prices. A, um, there now, is a docu- now I understand. There, there, you have the internet. You can see these things in real time. You can you can calibrate based on knowing yeah. how many cards exist, how they're being traded, what they're being sold for. This, this was just was witchcraft. I mean, it was just made up. Do you ever have uncut baseball cards? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. the sheets. I, I never got the sheets. Yeah. I never was able to get a hand. My buddy's dad owned a sporting goods store. He had a he had like a roll of uncut baseball cards, and that was always a big deal. If you had uncut baseball cards, you were sitting on a gold mine. Cards are coming back, which the, they are. Yeah, hundred percent. But now are. the parents are because everything, and this is our generation's fault. You and I included. You monetize everything, and like cards at one point were worth a lot of money, but everything becomes its own industry. And so now we take everything that's meant for kids, we turn them into adults because we're the most nostalgic generation. Uh, we're the most nostalgic generation of children ever, and that's a fact. Because you look back, we're the we're the 
we were the wealthiest generation of children growing up. Oh, Not so we that had you would have noticed when you were a kid. So but, we had a bunch of things for the first time? Yes. And there was te- – I mean, you think about the way it was with technology, like burgeoning, technology changing, where you had this mix of computers, video games, and then still hard baseball cards. Like now it's non-fungibles. It's, it's the uh, – what are they – what do they do? What's the NBA system called? NFT? And, no, it was the other thing. Oh, Slam dunk, yeah. something like that. I don't know. Owen probably knows what the top of it said. But you had this mix, and now we've taken everything we had as kids that were kind of cheap, not worth anything, and we've made them worth an obscene amount of money, at least to us we think they are, and we were just fighting each other over. Like, baseball cards have and always will be meant for children, and then if you're still like an adult and you're still really into baseball cards, like, let's be honest – like, if you have your baseball cards from a kid, that's fine. If you are still, like, doing all that stuff, kind of weird. Yeah. They're always a little bit off. Well, th- here's what I never understood about baseball cards and the market back then. Certain cards, the value would be up because there were less of them made. Yes. And there was a randomness on what you would get in your pack of cards. Yes. Because I was allowed, if I had a good week at school or whatever, two packs of cards. Like, wow. that's what I would get. And I'd get home, and it would have the old gum that terrible gum in them, at least Should the top it? sets were. Yeah, you still did. Cut the roof of your mouth on that stuff. Yeah. But you would you would go through the cards and see what you would get. And I guess my question is, the manufacturers of the cards determined exactly which card was going to be rare. Yeah. yeah. And what do you think they did with the ones that they were made? Well, This has Monopoly scandal written all over it, that they made sure to get those error cards or whichever ones would be the most valuable in the hands of the people they yes. knew. This, But there's also another difference here. And what i I got to be critical of Michael on, because these are cards that are from Michael's estate, right? Mm-hmm. So i got to kind of be critical of Michael here. And again, I don't mean to speak ill, because I don't know what he was thinking here. Maybe he was doing it for his daughters. These are all Cleveland Indians players. Are yours all Cleveland yeah. Indians players? The problem with this is... And my mother, if she could speak, would tell you that I used to not. I used to be upset because all my buddies had theirs by team. I did not have by my mine by team. My mother never told me that. Okay, four twenty eight, four twenty nine, four thirty, four thirty one, four thirty two. It's in a set. The set are all different players from all different teams. Yeah. So I had all the. I didn't know they were numerically set, and so I took them out one day and I started putting them together by team. Mom comes home. She starts freaking out. What are you doing with your cards? I go, what the hell are you talking about, lady? She goes, don't be saying hell in front of me. I'm your mother. And I said, okay, I'm sorry. And she slapped me anyway. But still, I didn't know that that's what it is. So now I see this line where, yes, it's all Indians players. And it makes, I sense, uniform sense. But in the baseball card world, this is inaccurate. Because you want to buy the set. You want full sets. Yeah, you don't just want your team. Right, but then I think, well, Michael was a big Indians fan and probably didn't give a damn. About well, but that was that was kind of up to the user to determine yeah. what they would want to do. Now, what's a really amazing? We got to name some names in here, but we way. will. Yeah, so these these cards, nineteen eighty nine. I guess it would be the nineteen ninety set. Yes, is that it? Yeah, because the were, last stat was eighty nine. But the they were probably cu- well, no, they were probably cut spring ninety. Okay, so all of these cards, they are still preserved in what is this? What is this casing? This this. The, the, the wrapping that you'd put yeah. in a binder and it goes flip in a over. Bind- the plastic. Okay, and I had these. I had binder after binder after the binder. The plastic slots. These cards. Do you ever stop and think about this? Mm. These cards are 31 years old. 
Well, we are holding in our hands are 30 years old, and I remember this like it was yesterday. Like, there's no problem. Oh, I'm going to go upstairs. Uh, go into we. I, my basically my room was in the attic, and I had all these binders of all these cards. Mm-hmm. And when I used to look at them, they were only three years old, five years old, seven years. They're 30 years old now, and I remember these poses by a lot of these players. I had this Joey Bell card. I had this Bayerga card, and I remember even more specifically. I remember the Chris James card because of in this particular photo, he has the baseball bat with the donut over it. And I remember that. So who are, who are all your players you have there? I have Rich yet. Mitch Webster. Oh. Uh, Kevin Bierce. I don't remember Kevin Rich, Bierce at all. Rich yet? Yes. Tell me what's on the back. <clears throat> Tell me what's on the back. Um, five years before. Says 85, 89. His first year with the Twins. Four years with the Indians. Mm. Who else you got here? I got Kevin Bierce. I have no idea who that is. Chris James and Deion James. I remember I called them the James brothers. Uh, Steve Olin. Rest in peace. Uh, Candy Maldonado. Okay. Yeah. The Candy Man. I love the Candy Man, and I never realized he only played one year. One year. That's it. I'm sorry. I'm half listening because I'm trying to look up uh, the background of one of these names I, I recognize here because there's a personal story to it. Go ahead. I, and I have Joey Bell. This Is it Joey? I, is this essentially his rookie card? Yes. If it has one year, how did that work with rookie cards? Because he has one year on the back. His his 1989 season in which mm-hmm. he batted 225-62 games and he had seven home runs, 37 RBI. When stats used to mean something. Finally, Carlos Bayerga. Okay. Yep. That's not bad. And this is Bayerga. The previous Goes year, he had played here. for Las Vegas. Was the AAA team he played for? Who? I wonder what they were. Right. Who were they? They weren't the Indians affiliate, were they? Tribe insisted on getting Carlos in order to compete, uh, to complete winner deal with the Padres that brought Chris James to Sandy Alomar Jr. to Cleveland for Joe Carter. Carlos capable of playing shortstop and second base as well as third. What's it say for Joey Bell on the back? Uh, Tell me. Joey is as athletic as they come, but you worry about putting a honing device on the next group. Oh, no, it doesn't say that. Joey was promoted from double-A. Joey was promoted from double-A Canton-Akron to Cleveland July 16th and broke in with a single off Rangers. Nolan Ryan, Tribe, drafted him number two in 88 out of LSU where he set records. Boy, you know the funny thing? I, I I saw the Nolan Ryan reference there. You ever remember looking on the back of the Nolan Ryan card, how they ran out of room yeah. for how many seasons he played? There were guys that just played forever. I think I had a Carlton Fisk card for his last year because I think he retired, Kenny, around 88, 89. And there were like 25 years on the back of that card. Wow. All right, I found out I, I one of these names was familiar. I wanted to make sure my uh, my – my history was right. You ready? Yeah. All right. Dave Clark is in here. Dave Clark, who played, this is going into year 90. He had a 276 average with the Indians in 18 games in 1986. Had three home runs. You know what? Kind of a power hitter. Okay. Kind of a power hitter there. Um, three home runs out of 63 games. Three home runs in 29 games. This is riveting stuff I'm doing here. <laughs> I've, I'm like Francesa doing it right now. What, what I love it. What, what do you have there? All right, then we have Rod Nichols, pitcher. Ready for this? Yes. Jesse freaking Orozco. Orozco. 
Jerry Brown from the Virgin Islands. Andy <sighs> Allenson. Oh, I remember Andy Allenson very well. Did Andy Allenson become a manager? I don't know, but I had uh, I remember he was a jerk to one of my friends at spring training. Really? Over a baseball. Tell me more. Uh, there was he was at spring training. What they were at uh, uh, Winter Haven. Yeah. Back then, probably were at Beef O'Brady's. <laughs> it's the only place what? anybody ever mentioned. Uh, I think they still have Beef O'Brady's. Yeah, there's one in Stowe. Is there really? Yeah. I have to go look at how many are left. Uh, we'll figure that out. Uh, but there was a ball that was wedged in in the backstop or whatever, and my buddy went over there and had to be like, you know, seven years old, six mm-hmm. years old. I was like, can I have the baseball? He said no. And he's like, no. And he was like mean about it, according to the kid. What a dick. What a dick. Is Andy Allison, what's Andy Allison doing now? Being a dick. No, <laughs> it, okay, hold on now. Jeez. <laughs> Andy Allison. He is former. I hope the. I, you know what? Screw this guy. I hope he's at the end of his pitiful rope, and you need to not play your voicemails while we're doing the show here. Um, screw this guy, man. He had kind of a long career. All right. Did he really? Yeah. Then I have Felix for men. Felix. Yes. I can't roll the R's. And we also have, this is great, I have three managers on here. Three managers? Three managers in this pack. Will One, I know them? Bud Black. Okay, yeah. The other one, World Series champion John Farrell. Oh, Boston. Yeah. And the other one, and I don't think this guy ever got a chance to be a manager in the majors, Brad Kaminsk, who's from Lima, Ohio. No idea. Brad Kaminsk. You want to talk about six degrees of Kevin Bacon here? Sure. This guy right here, he was at one point the manager of the Bowie Bay Sox. And I called a game he got thrown out of down in Bowie, down in Bowie, Maryland. I love that you have a vivid memory of this. Because you don't get the call out of that stuff. I got the call Joel Skinner getting thrown out of a game. Mm. Oh, God, Chris, what was his last name? He was a great guy. God, I forget his name, and I'm I'm having a brain fart. He used to wear cowboy boots on the bus. But we were down in Bowie, and they had, like, you see, like, these these walls we have here for the cubicles? They had the same ones between us and... And, the, like, it was a big press box, but it was all open. And you're the just press doing box. the game. They can hear everything it, you say. Oh, yeah. And I got this voice, and Mike Farron, great guy. We've had him on the show. I, this is the second reference I brought up Mike Farron today with you. Mike Farron did the Bay Sox. And Mike Farron's voice, first off, he's so good at baseball. And I tell everybody, he's very good at it. His voice would his voice would actually leak over mine, and I always thought he was better at doing baseball than me. So I like cover up my crowd mic so people couldn't hear him because they thought maybe he'd be better than me. Yeah, <laughs> yep. That's how uh, that's how confident I am in my own abilities. So that's Brad comments. Brad comments got upset, and then he got thrown out. And I remember laughing because where their dugout, where their clubhouses were, it's not underneath like a lot of places mm-hmm. now. They were down the foul poles and in. Basically, in giant garages, they look like giant garages. And he had to walk all the way down the foul line and like behind a fence, and then go into his clubhouse. And that's when he got thrown out because I'm sitting there going, and he's still walking. Brad Kaminsk is going to take his sweet time here in Bowie, Maryland. God, and I, it's still walking. I, I you you have me. You sent me right back to covering minor league baseball, mm-hmm. and I did it at every level. And one of which I did it was single A short season. 
I did that in Auburn, the Auburn Double Days, which I think are done. Same place. Didn't is that the place where Bull called a half inning? Yeah. on the bowl. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is. And I just thought about the fact that I would go there, and they, they had like they had like Kenny thirty season ticket holders that were at every game. That were at every game, and I would just sit there going, hey, you know, my my goal was to, you know, make it to the big time, or at least get back to Cleveland, and you yeah. know, whatever. And I'm just laughing, thinking about how I'm looking at these people going, why do you come to these games every game? And then you think about there's just nothing there. What? And you're 40 minutes outside of Syracuse, so there's just nothing going on. When I was doing the when I was doing the arrows, now the rubber ducks, there was this woman in Erie, Pennsylvania. And again, my, my voice is boisterous and loud, and it's just it can be overbearing. Mm-hmm. I understand that. And if a person hit a home run, they were if, if you hit a home run to like left field, it was awesome because it would go and it would hit. If you hit it well enough, it would hit their arena where they have their their hockey team. Oh yeah, yeah. They're a not, lot of these places, it's a they have both right yeah, next Erie, to each other. Yeah, Erie's a three sport town. They have pro hockey, pro yep. basketball, and pro baseball. I think it's in like Erie, Pennsylvania, Scranton, Wilkesboro. Yeah, I think they have a similar setup. They have a three. And their their baseball stadium is weird because the upper deck. Down the first base line is right on top. They can't have a classic because it would go out over the road. Yes. So they had to build their upper deck on top because we couldn't have a classic press box. You had to be – I was down calling the game, technically down the third base line. I was kind of in line with where the first base line was going, but I was down the first base line. And you were right there with the fans. Like at, at, at Canal Park, you're, you're 20 feet ahead, uh, mm. above the fans, and you're in, you're in your own room. You're in your own room in Erie, but you're right there with the fans. And there was this woman, and she looked like Rose at the end of Titanic. But she is hammered drunk. And she is there for all three games. She was actually there every game. Every game. And she's getting smashed every game. (laughs) Every game, this lady was totally bleep-faced. And the first time I called a game... I forget who the hell it was. Might have been like Nick Weglars or something hit a home run. And I get into my high and far off the arena. A way to start this game. A one nothing arrows. Like I was just so loud. It is high. <laughs> it is far. And she was so pissed. <laughs> so annoyed. And later in the game, they we were up like four nothing. They stage a comeback. It was like was Austin Adams lost the lead and then they hit a walk-off home run and this lady turns around face to face and you can smell the old Milwaukee coming out of her mouth and she goes yeah her head head is like popping up and down and she's looking me dead in the eyes and I'm like they love this team here in Erie don't they all right we'll be back after this you're listening to the Arrows Radio Network like that was what it was I, that was great. Hey, you know, God bless. God bless minor league sports. God I'm bless gl- them, yeah. I'm glad there was uh, this push because they were going to fold so many of these teams. They did fold after COVID. They folded some of these teams. Yeah, they did. And you wondered about those towns, and I'm thinking back to Auburn. I'm thinking back to even Syracuse. Even Syracuse, which is AAA. They've been through the Blue Jays, and now I think they're with the Mets. And they've changed it. They were the yeah, – what did uh, the, the Syracuse team? They, now they're the Mets. They changed it. So, uh, Syracuse, were they? No. Oh my God! Am I thinking I, of the Chiefs? Uh, the Sky Chiefs. They were the Sky Chiefs, okay. and they were the Chiefs, and now they're just the Mets. Yeah. But I think about all those games I'd go over there, and I was miserable. I did not want to cover minor league baseball. I'd have to lug this camera up to the top, 
shoot the game. It's tough to shoot baseball. It's hard to go from the, the, the pitch to the bat to wherever it goes over the stands. And then they'd have the choo-choo train come through, and they'd have a real train Is come out Syracuse? there. Yeah, wow. you could see the train come through, and it would beep, and the fans would go nuts. And I was just like, get me out of here. I'm miserable. I loved every <laughs> second So of it. miserable. I love I- – I thought I was going to be. I swear to God, I'm like, I'm going to be the next Tom Hamilton. I'm going to be. I'm going to be big time. I'm going to be a major league baseball broadcaster. Because I'm sitting there going, I swear to God, I'm I'm working at the radio station that did their games. I know we got to go. I'm working at the radio stations we did their games. They they know what you're saying. Okay, go ahead. And what do you mean they know what I'm saying? Well, what? We'll do that on the show tomorrow. What? Say it now. <laughs> when you're saying, I know I got to go, the assumption has to be, well, someone else is in the room saying you got to go. Well, it's only me and you in the room, so clearly I want to go. And it's the end of the show. <laughs> no, we looked at the time. It's like, nah, they told us. Um, what? I, I totally lost my train of thought. I thought I was going to be. Well, I we'll I was pick be. it up uh, next time right here. On the fan. Wait a minute. No, oh, I got to do the extend read. Of course. I was talking. I was waxing. Po- All right. You know what? While I'm here, I thought I was going to be the next big thing in broadcasting. Yes. And I wasn't. That. And also, don't date a girl who works for the team because she is absolutely going to have an incredible evening with one or ten of the ballplayers. We'll find out. I will. That all coming I, up. I, let me talk about, on the next episode, the amount of groupies that were down there after games. It was it was unbelievable. I was like, these these women don't live in Syracuse, New York. Nope. Where are these women? Nope. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Nope. Boy. Now I'm now I'm kinda upset that we went nostalgic here. Why? I'm kidding. I oh, just want to okay. see what you do because you were looking Jeez. down at your phone. Uh, XTEND.com. That's XTEND. <laughs> E-N-D-A-V dot. I mean, I really thought – I thought I was going to be the cat's ass. I thought I was going to get a job with the Indians. And the Indians hated me then. Imagine what they think of me now. Oh, we had a miscommunication. Bart Swain came after me. When I was the sports director at WZIP. Talk about that it tomorrow. It was totally not my fault. It was totally not my fault. And he ripped me up and down. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm 20 years old, sir. I've never been there. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, well, I got the Cleveland Indians mad at me. Um – XTENDAV.com. Go to Extend Technologies. If your dreams haven't been shattered like mine, go to Extend Technologies. They'll make your home dreams come true. They build dreams. They don't shatter them. Okay? They're great. They're better than anybody else. You got anything? You, do I have to always say the, 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 the stuff here now while I'm trying no, to the battle, one, the, battle emotions? The, the one I, I want, when I get established in our new place, we're going to look into this short throw projector. I want this so well, you've been bad. Talking about this is incredible. It's top-of-the-line technology. And you, you you feel like you're running out of room in your place. And you, how are you going to put a projector down there and you hit, your, hit your head on the projector? No, you don't have to worry about it. With Some might say when you have one of those big projectors on the ceiling, if you're out of room, it's out of here. <laughs> you don't need to worry about that. You get your short throw. Touch them all time. And then you're fine. XTENDAV.com. Big thanks to Owen for hanging out. I'm sure he was enthralled with all these stories. We're back tomorrow, 6 to 10. Ken Carmen, Anthony Lima, Extend Technologies. Bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.